1: you my best friend Boy.
0: This is Sid and Friends in the Morning From our friends. friends
1: 77 WABC Seventeen years by her side Broke the same bread Wore the same clothes and you said We're sisters with nothing between If one of us falls other will soon be following. Both of you fell the same day. You don't know why. One of you never woke up, and you lay your body down on the floor, You're desperate to hear footsteps again. This house is on fire. We need to go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't have to go alone. Go alone. Run for your the fray run for your life as we start the fourth and final hour of the number one Nielsen rated news talk show in New York City. And you bet your ass the self-proclaimed best talk show in America, and I say it proudly, sitting friends in the morning. Dr. Mark Siegel coming up. I do want to remind folks, John Katsimatidis, the man himself, was on with me and Andrew earlier. And uh, he said he was going to put this up on the website, and he has. Go to wabcradio.com right now, wabcradio.com right now, and check out George Washington's 110 Rules of Civility. Of course, uh, George being the first president of the United States. Now we're up to 46 with Joe Biden. Some of us serve more than once. Hopefully Donald Trump goes 45 and 47. Check that out right now at wabcradio.com. George Washington's 110 Rules of Civility because there is a, a lot of folks in the media today
0: that believe civility has gone out the window. And it has.
1: I mean, Trump's an animal.
0: I'm, I'm looking at number 32, and it says, yeah. uh, to one that is your equal or not much inferior, you were to give the chief place... In your lodging, so give up your bedroom for that person, but it doesn't mention anything about washing the sheets before or after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's what we're doing here in
1: New York. Actually, if you're yeah. a migrant, you could have my house. <laughs> uh, also, want to send a shout out to a dear friend of mine, Joe D from Rick's. Listens every morning. Lonnie Hanover used to, I think Joe D does right now. So a shout out to Joe D from Rick's. Nine ten on this Monday morning, he is the man when it comes to anything medical that Fox News. Not that far from sharing a lovely dinner, mind you, with John and Margot Katsumatidis and Chad Lopez and Emily Pankow and my beautiful wife, Danielle, and of course, a staple on this program, the great Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Mark, Sid, Andrew, how are you, pal?
2: Great to be with you, and I have to say that uh, your wife is very impressive at a dinner, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Thank you. She loves you, too. Thank you very much. Uh, She's not feeling all that well these days, and my son wasn't feeling great this weekend either. And We don't know if it's COVID just yet, but it does seem like, even though, again, I'm the guy that's been wailing against COVID, the way we've reacted over the years, the way the media treats it, how people are scared to death. I mean, still, I'm still seeing tons and tons of people wearing masks indoors, outdoors. They're morons. They're morons. But people are still getting sick with COVID, not nearly as serious, but it's still out
2: there, yes? Yeah, it's still out there, and and I think the the stuff with the masks and all of that was a was political. It's all politics, and we learned something really big here over this pandemic, which is when you get bludgeoned or ridiculed or mocked, you respond by just resisting and 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 fighting back, and that's what the American spirit is. And it's unfortunate that that's drifted over into public health because, as you said, the, the actual virus. Is itself is a problem, and it's still around, and it's still getting people sick. But look at the damage that was done, Sid, from the way that the government reacted to it across the board. So, yeah, we,
0: yeah, we, we talked with our last guest, Alan Dershowitz, about the Justice Department becoming politicized. But the same thing with the science community—it seems like has become so politicized. And this, I was reading something else that uh, they're still requiring uh, boosters, uh, updated uh, vaccine shots. Uh, to get into so many of these colleges in the state of New York, in the SUNYs. Uh, And to me, every time that we've seen this, you look at the least vulnerable part of the population. It's the 18- to 21-year-olds. And it seems like while the teachers are not being mandated to actually get this, the students are.
2: Yeah, that's been the real big problem, and that's the teachers' union got involved with that and had influence on the CDC. And I think the biggest issue there is, that even though the vaccine is effective to some extent, it doesn't prevent spread. And there's no way without a Ouija board to actually figure out how many shots you're supposed to get (laughs) to be at a place where a college would be okay with you. And not only that, a college is a place where these things can be tracked. So you actually can do rapid tests and keep track of it. I mean, it's a place where there's no reason to be superimposing these mandates other than this rigidity that we're talking about so by the way said i'm really hoping nobody's got this in the family what, what covid yeah who wants it nobody wants nah, it I mean, we, sure.
1: no we've all gotten it already so
2: yeah i mean i mean that's the other point most most cases are mild by the way it's, it's speaking of which uh going to to stay in other people's bedrooms. How many people have illicitly slept in the Lincoln bedroom at the White House?
1: I, <laughs> I don't know. Kennedy had that uh, that thing working like uh, 24 hours, seven days a week. I can tell you that. God rest his like soul. Like a
2: motel, like a motel.
1: <laughs> I know. Man. I know. Uh, good old Kennedy. You know, uh, I got th- these uh, two buddies. I'm very close with Dr. Mark Siegel, Stefano. They call him Stephen, and um, and Dr. George Pavlo, And every year they come in on march the first because march the first starts prostate awareness month and uh, they're a huge gastro place in new jersey i believe the biggest gastro place in the northeast I remember last year bernard god rest his soul was still alive and they were asking him some serious questions about you know what he did what he found out a couple of years ago when he had a high psi what he say what he's done since all these things and of course now we've lost tragically bernard Oh, just a couple of months ago but these two guys are scheduled to come back again next tuesday february the 28th and with march 1st being prostate awareness month tell the folks out there how important that month is and what men should be doing to make sure that god forbid it doesn't end up like my friend bernard
2: and by the way you already said the most important thing which is you should have your psa checked uh, over the age of 45 and get seen by your doctor you know that's another example of the government screwing up because the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force doesn't recommend that. I scratched my head and said, "Here's a guideline: don't get this test." That I, you know, because people then automatically go to biopsies. But that I'm a, I'm a doctor with a brain, so I say, "Well, I'm going to use the test to figure out, you know, what exactly to do next." And as as you know, Andrew's father famously had this mm-hmm. and, and beat it and and God God rest his soul to Bernard, a wonderful, wonderful human being, but you actually can beat this with early intervention
0: well what's the rationale behind not recommending that just playing the devil 's advocate what's the rationale there
2: it's what's it's what's wrong with guidelines and with government in general involvement in health care. The rationale is they looked at the statistics of doctors who had that number and biopsied and didn't change the outcome but they didn't look at whether those doctors had a brain or not yeah. so for me it's a tool to use to decide what to do sometimes i follow the trend sometimes i say go see a urologist sometimes i say it's falsely elevated from something else but i got a brain and that's what it's there for i need a number
1: i was thinking about you on super bowl sunday dr mark siegel i was watching the pregame coverage of the game you know and um, so, uh, uh, Mer- Menifee, Kurt Menifee, he's a studio host for Fox. You know, James Brown does CBS, Kurt does Fox. And they're talking about this kid, Hamlin, from the Bills, who, who is a lovely kid, a lovely kid, and very, very bright, and somewhere down the road should really do something big with the NFL outside of playing. But not once, but twice, twice, he referred to Hamlin's incident as tragic. And I would say being that Hamlin was at the Super Bowl is completely okay and in fact is talking about returning to the football field that short of death there was nothing tragic about what happened to hamlin but yet they continue to use that narrative did you hear that
2: yeah and i didn't like it and by the way i interviewed leslie Bisson, who's the buffalo bills team physician about this whole thing and he was in that ceremony at the beginning of the super bowl deeply moved he likes hamlin a lot as a character he's kind of like a a very upbeat Sid Rosenberg type of character, (laughs) you know, and he's, he's very optimistic and all of them think this, this was probably comosio cortis where he just got hit in the wrong time in the cardiac cycle and that he is going to return to football. Tom Mayer, the the medical doctor of the medical director of the uh, NFL players association says he's going to return to football. That's not tragic. It may be inspiring, but it's not tragic. Exactly. Yep. The story is about about all the doctors and, and uh, support personnel on the sidelines, and I'll tell you something that Bison told me that you're going to love, Sid. He said the most important person on the field that day was the equipment manager who got his shoulder pads and helmet off True. in record time yep. so wow. that he could be treated.
1: That is yeah. true. Uh, my friend John Biobar says, man, this guy, Dr. Mark Siegel, is the best in the business. i tell you what's tragic is the Texas Rangers gave Jacob DeGrom $180 million. He's already hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we knew that. You you predicted that. I did. You predicted. I did. I said, you know? that's that's why bringing in Justin Verlander, even just two years or more from Tommy John and nearly 40 years old, you win because DeGrom never pitches. What's up with his arm?
2: Well, I think it has something to do with how he throws. He throws about 100 miles an hour. I've told you on the show before, look at how Tom Seaver threw with his legs. DeGrom throws with his arm, so the physics is off there. I mean, you and I should be out there diagnosing and telling these people what to do. It's a tragedy because DeGrom is a great pitcher, but he doesn't throw in a way that that, re- that leaves, relieves the pressure on his arm.
1: And we've seen other athletes do the same thing. I mean, we all agree, of course, that uh, Tiger Woods is the third best comparable of all time behind Jack Nicklaus and Andrew Giuliani. <laughs> but certainly when you watch that vicious swing, from Tiger Woods, there was no way in a million years at some point he wasn't going to have a bad back. There was just no way.
2: I still don't understand how he came back from that, by the way. So the the physics of that is very difficult because the torsion that you put on the back during the golf swing is is huge. The fact that he came back, but I agree with you. I I think that he he didn't have the kind of swing that you would expect longe- longevity from. The way that the way that Siever did, the way that Nolan Ryan did, the way that Degrom does not.
0: Yeah, well, with Tiger, I mean, same thing. That swing was so violent. He would talk about almost hyperextending his left knee every single time. Now you hear actually what it took for him to get prepared from this. He actually, the way he sells it is he was taking ice baths actually throughout the night before every single tournament round and having to then reactivate his muscle. So it sounds like his preparation process, his cool down and then preparation process, is at least a three- or four-hour process after and before each round at this point.
2: Yeah, I believe that. I hope it's guided by some physician, or we're going to hear it. I doubt that.
0: No, I doubt that.
1: Be a, yeah, that's... It's More likely a porn star. Uh, listen, <laughs> on the way out, <laughs> yeah, with Tiger.
0: Uh, yeah. Maybe a waitress. Uh, hello, but... Rachel,
1: you could tell. Uh, it is the, today is, of course, uh, President's Day. Happy President's Day. And we did learn, of course, that, uh, th- thank you, Norm, you like that, that uh, 39 Jimmy Carter is in very, very serious condition. He's decided to take the hospice care at home, and, For a lot of us that have lost people like my own dad, usually when that happens, it's over relatively quickly. That seems to be the diagnosis for Jimmy Carter. How sad is that?
2: I have a piece in USA Today on that today. You know, there's some things I want to talk about with Jimmy Carter. Uh, The hospice thing is probably due to the frequent falls he's had and the bleeds to the brain, and it may be appropriate if quality of care is diminished. The purpose of hospice isn't to hasten death. It's to actually provide service. But what he, what I remember him for was beating melanoma at a time when we didn't think anybody could. And he used a new drug, Keytruda, immunotherapy, and actually beat mel- melanoma with radiation. Also, he beat guinea worms in the world, Sid. I mean, guinea worms, were getting a lot of people sick around the world. Now there's only 13 cases. And then there's Habitat for Humanity. His is uh building things you know and, and building uh and repairing homes around the around the country so he's done a lot in the post presidency i mean you know he as a president he he was pretty weak on the economy terrible on iran but post presidency he's made a lot of things happen
0: You know, we're short on time with Dr. Mark Siegel here, but one of the things you highlighted last week is something that I know is close to Sid's heart, something I think about all the time with a young daughter who's, uh, you know, at some point going to have to be exposed to the phone and and all of that. But you talked about really the trouble when this is a CDC report uh, with shocking teen girls and teens at more and more suicide attempts, and it really is something that uh, I could tell you as a young parent, I think about and talk about with my wife all the time. We talk with other parents about how you're going to actually introduce this uh, to your kids because it is so addictive. Uh, But I thought for any young parent it was a fascinating read uh, and, uh, and certainly something that we think about on a daily basis.
2: I did a lot of thinking about this because I spoke to two top-level people at CDC, one who was in charge of this study, and the study was shocking. Fifty-six of, percent of teen girls are sad, deeply sad. One-third consider suicide, bullying up the wazoo. There was that case in New Jersey. Oh, Andrew, it's terrible. A, a yeah. pretty, a young girl, yeah. And they, they showed it all over YouTube. But I'll tell you what my take-home is. I, I am a ferocious parent. And when my kids were young, I went to the school and fought for them. I was an advocate. And Sid is definitely the same, and I'm sure Thank you are, and I'm sure, Sid, I'm sure you guys are not surprised at this, but, but the CDC talks about the school being the solution. I think it's about schools listening to parents yes. and and teens talking to their parents, because the school may be the source of the problem. Parents have to be involved.
1: Uh, nine times out of ten with my son Gabriel, the majority of his issues over the last couple of years were the school. Mom and dad, great. To your point, was the school. Dr. Mark Siegel, as always, terrific. Oh, by the way, Saturday night, Knicks Pelicans, Sydney and Gabriel, courtesy of you.
2: I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Zion and, and, and the and the beer and the of course Gabriel's not having the beer but but you'll have a hot dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully Zion's gonna play. Actually, uh, Doctor Mark Siegel, Knicks and Pelicans on Saturday, and then me and Gabe are going the first thanks to Corey Zelnick to the Knicks and the Nets. We got two Knicks games in five days and the Knicks are playing some really good basketball. Jay Wright, very excited these days, Doctor Mark Siegel, about his Villanova Amazing. products. Yeah, Jalen Brunson
2: and Hart. How about that? I think they're, they're going to go much deeper in the playoffs than I was expecting. We're going to go there, too, Sid. You, you and I will have a stake and go to the playoffs. I can't okay. wait.
1: Thank you so much for hopping on today, Dr. Mark. You're great as always. Thank you so much. My pleasure. My Thank man, you. Dr. Mark Siegel, right here. We'll uh, need a contestant at some point for Sid's Take 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. I believe it's a movie Monday. No, we got Andrew here. It's me against Andrew, no contestant, me against Andrew, more of Sitting Friends in the Morning right after this.